Hello, and welcome to the Pacific Northwest Showdown podcast. We are your hosts, Michaela and Kate. This is episode 10 of the Pacific Northwest Showdown, and we are really excited to have you here for today's episode. It is episode 10, as I just mentioned, and yeah. for us, that feels like a milestone, right? It's a, it's a big deal. I mean, when you get the two candles on your birthday cake, instead it's of just a the one, big it's a deal. big deal. So we made it to episode 10. We want to thank you all for your just your support and for so many nice comments that yeah. I feel like we've received about people loving our podcast, which is nice it's to really hear. It's really sweet. Yeah, it's really like it sweet. It makes my day when people will reach out and be like, you're my favorite podcast to listen to. And it, like, it kind of shocks me because... Yeah, because like everyone has a podcast. A lot of people have podcasts. <laughs> yes, there's a lot out there. And so it just like, it's nice it's to hear kind. compliments you're boosting our egos a little bit. That always feels nice. It's, that's true. Um, that's true. And we appreciate the the shares and the telling people yeah. about it and everything. It's been really fun to see uh, new listeners tuning mm -hmm. in and all of that. And so we just, you know, we really are thankful and grateful for um, all of you. Yeah. So thank you. And, you know, this week was Thanksgiving. So we appreciate so many of you who understood that our podcast is dropping a, a few days later than it normally would. We spent quite a bit of time with family over the last two days. We did. We did. And we had a lot of great food. So and much food. just it's a it's a really good time to reflect. And I think many of you know um, that this has been a week of reflection for me. It's a re week re reflection for a lot of people of what we're grateful for. And, you know, Kate and I were talking on our car ride down to our family's homes just talking about like what we're grateful for this year. And mm -hmm. this is our first year as for Thanksgiving as a married couple. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, Kate had pointed that out and I was just like, oh yeah, it is, isn't it? So just going down the list of things that this year has brought us Absolutely. and what we could look forward to. And um, it's really good to reflect on those things. Yeah. I mean, taking, taking some time, I think November is kind of that month that people have sort of turned into like the, the gratitude month, the thankful kind of month, you know, and um, especially with Thanksgiving it being a complicated mm -hmm. holiday and having um, origins in some pretty terrible things, um, trying to sort of think about that in a different way. And uh, maybe, um, you know, how do we, how do we celebrate without also um, glorifying the past um, with its negativity, but instead focusing on things that are good and positive and, you know, how can we make a difference? And so, um, you know, taking time to, to be grateful for things, to acknowledge whose land you're living on, to look into ways you can um, make a difference. If you're in the Seattle area, um, you can always give to, uh, there's organizations here that you can give to for Native peoples, like real rent duwamish and places like that that help to um strengthen um the the caretakers of this land that mm -hmm. we live on now so so that's that's an important thing to be doing as well this month and like michaela said you know i've been trying to think a lot this month too about and this week specifically about gratitude and, and thankfulness and all of that and um it's just been really it's been really great to be invited in here to do this podcast with her and um, I am grateful that have... you decided that you would do this with me because <laughs> you didn't have to no and I'm and I'm getting to learn sports and it's pretty fun uh, I'm trying to learn Twitter also and so thanks to those of you who are uh <laughs> who are so kind <laughs> to me on on yes. Twitter so um but yeah it's just it's been it's been fun. You if know, you are not kind to my wife on Twitter, I would unleash the Kraken <laughs> and block you. <laughs> uh, so yeah, no, I appreciate everybody who's been so kind, the mm -hmm. friendships that we've made, mm -hmm. the supportive listeners. Um, with that being said, let's get on to this next segment, which is the Pacific yeah. Northwest Athlete Quote of the Week. And Kate, if you would like to share what Bobby Wagner said in his press conference this week, I would love to hear his awesome quote. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, there it is again. Absolutely. Number one of the episode. All right, mom, are you counting? Okay, keep track for <laughs> me. Um, so yeah, in Bobby Wagner's uh, press conference this week, he took time to elevate women in the sports field and women in general. He says, I wanted to take time to express my appreciation, my gratefulness, and speak to all the men out there understanding the path that women take to get mm. to the same goal that we take is different. So have some empathy and really be mindful about how you support not only the women in your life, mm -hmm. but women in the world with the things they want to get done in their life. Yep. And so I think it is important to look for ways to help with that. I think it's important. There's a lot of things they do in this world that don't get talked about enough. 
So big snaps. Bobby Wagner. Wagner. I love him more and more each week. I have his jersey. That doesn't mean that it doesn't mean a fan for a while. But I've been a fan for a long time. He's a Hall of Fame linebacker, but the wisdom he speaks he speaks each week at his press conferences and he likes to take a moment to not talk about football. Mm -hmm. And he's such a great role model for not only the guys in the locker room, but for our community. Absolutely. And the way he gives back and the wisdom he shares. Mm -hmm. So he seems to know that his position puts him in a place where, you know, people are looking to him. He can speak on things more than just football, right? That he can, he can actually elevate some of these other um, issues or, or things that he finds important. So I'm, I appreciate that about him. I do too. All right. That's your Pacific Northwest athlete quote of the week. Thank you, Kate, for sharing that with us. Of course. Coming up next is the showdown lowdown. All right. We are at our showdown lowdown. Showdown lowdown. Segment of the week. This is your Pacific Northwest sports news with a quick review of wins and losses that happened across the sports teams in our area this week. And there is a lot to talk about uh, with a lot of our sporting teams. There are, yeah. So I'm going to kick it off. Go for it. With the Seattle Mariners. Uh We do have an off-season move that happened this morning. Already. And so the Seattle Mariners have just acquired the San Diego Padres all-star second baseman, Adam Frazier, in a trade for two of the Seattle Mariners prospects that we had. Okay. And Adam Frazier will provide depth at this position at this current time for the Mariners and is one of the first bigger moves that they've made this offseason. So I'm really excited for this move. I've seen a lot of other people be pretty excited about this. There's depending on the other moves that they make in the offseason, it may dictate how they utilize Adam Frazier and where they play him because he could also play outfield. Oh, that's hot. That's handy. So when they say a depth piece, you know, whether he's a utility player or not, sure. depending on other moves that they make and who they secure in those other positions of need, it might establish where they would utilize him. Okay. But he's an above average hitter. Like that, he's that helps. a great hitter and uh, yeah, all-star player. So, well, that's, yeah, that's, that's great. Yeah. Go Mariners. Go Mariners. Um, From the Seattle storm. Uh, if you listened to last week's episode of mm-hmm. the Pacific Northwest Showdown, you may have heard our conversation about the Seattle Storm season tickets officially going on sale and how I was planning on getting Michaela tickets for Christmas and then, then how Michaela derailed that idea on the podcast when she mentioned inquiring about the tickets with a representative while I was at work. So as an update <laughs> to this conversation, because uh, I know you were all wondering what was going to happen. You were on the edge of your yes. seats, I'm sure. Um, we have secured our season tickets to the uh, Seattle Storm home games for the 2022 season. And I am still trying to think of a new Christmas gift for Michaela. So um, I have a few ideas. But uh, but yeah, the, the, the Storm game season tickets did not make the cut for that because it just was a thing we decided to do. We're really excited, though. We're really excited about being able to support our women's sports teams here Mm -hmm. in um, Seattle next season going to the OL Reign. So, like, really Mm -hmm. starting to elevate and, um, you know, be able to provide a lot more in-depth knowledge here on the podcast about our women's sports teams. Because they're sure. amazing. Like they're, the storm. We have, we have great, Are you kidding? Yeah, I know. We have great women's teams here. And I'm super excited because um, it'll be their first season in um, Climate, Climate Pledge. Pledge. And um, and so that'll be pretty awesome to, to be going to those inaugural, you know, kind of season yeah. games there. And not their inaugural season overall, obviously, but just in that facility. Um, so that'll be that'll be pretty cool. And you want to know what Pledge I'm hoping for? Super great. So, yeah. What? Oh yeah, I'm hoping that Sue Bird gives us one, one more, more season. I want her to have the experience at Climate Pledge, and more so on yeah. a selfish note, I want to. Because we're I wanna, going, yeah, yeah. and I want to yeah. see her play. Yeah. So, Sue Bird, I doubt that you're listening, but on the off chance that for some reason you hear this, hey, if you know how to share it, whether feel free. Um, we would love we would love to, it. to watch you play. It one more season and yes. to have your experience at climate pledge and uh you know finish yeah. out your career 
Yes. There. I mean, you could play for as many more years as you want. Absolutely. But at least you could play just this next one for sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I've gone to storm games back when it was in the key arena mm -hmm. like years ago and saw Subert and like some yeah. of these other amazing athletes. And it's just like, I'm excited to see that again. And I'm excited to, you know, kind of get back into maybe like knowing things about basketball again. Cause I feel like I do know some things hidden away in there. So Kit yelling um, brick back I in the won't. day. I'm not going to do it though. Not at professional sports. No, those women are amazing. Like oh, yeah, that's yeah. not like high school. <laughs> no. Not where you could really tear down somebody's I like social. I definitely don't want to get kicked out of climate pledge. <laughs> no, like, no. So, yeah. So not yeah, we're really thing. excited about that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And <laughs> that's, that's three, three. <laughs> three strikes and you're out. I no more, no, no more of that word. Too. No, no more. Sorry, All right. Mom. So talking about Climate Pledge, we do have another team that has kicked off their season at yes, Climate Pledge. And their, and actual, is, their actual inaugural season. Right. And that's the Kraken, as many of us know. And they've won two of their last three games it's pretty this good. week. They broke it's their losing good. streak, which mm -hmm. was necessary. And it was actually surprising the two teams that they ended up oh, yeah. winning against. So yeah. the Kraken right now, their record is 6-13-1. and one. Which obviously is not. It's the last in there. Yeah, they're the last in the division. Yeah. So, but they came out with a win over the Washington Capitals, five to two, and this was surprising because the Capitals currently hold a record of eleven three and five. Yeah. And then they went on to win over the Carolina Hurricanes, two to one, mm -hmm. which was also an upset because the Hurricanes have a record of fourteen three and one. Mm -hmm. Now. The Kraken did go on to lose against Tampa Bay Lightning on Friday, November 26th, which was yesterday, 3-0. Yeah. to zero. Yeah. But they have to have a really quick turnaround because, gosh, it's like they'll be playing here in like an hour or so, but they're going to be facing off with the Florida Panthers, who also have a really good record. Yeah. So maybe, who knows, maybe yeah. the teams that have really good records, the Kraken just come out and maybe that'd be pretty are cool. elevated. And I, I was seeing yesterday that um, the Kraken had tweeted something about how you know they were at tampa bay and that the fans weren't very hospitable oh, because that's where they got yanni gourd from oh, i guess yeah. and so and so all the tampa fans were like give us yanni salty back and stuff so yeah, yeah so it was um so they were you know some of the fans were like tweeting some funny things back and everything but it is kind of interesting when you think about how it is a new team so they got their players i mean some got drafted right but they got their players from other, other teams. teams so i can see how mm -hmm. some of those fans would be a little bit salty here or just there. like miss them you know like yeah. it's just like a we wish you were still here moment absolutely absolutely so wow, that's five honey oh geez oh pete's <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna break oh, Kate of this absolutely I'm gonna habit okay can i add it to my uh goals to work on you guys this is a really good drinking opportunity this is a drinking <laughs> game every time you hear kate say absolutely if you want to get wasted listening to a podcast this is the podcast to listen it. to this uh, will now also be explicit content. Oh, no, I guess so. <laughs> Look what Kate did. I'm sorry that I'm elevating us. Well, to if we want to talk about bracket. a game that could have led us all to potential drinking issues. I mean, since we've already opened the door to that. Yeah, the Seattle Sounders, their season came to an end. Just, I mean, they In a heartbreaking it, fashion. They gave it their all. I mean, that was an MLS playoff match. Uh, they played against Real Salt Lake, and it it was a devastating loss. I mean, it was a shootout after overtime. So it was like the 90 minutes of the game and then 30 extra mm -hmm. minutes of overtime. And then it had to go to a shootout. I mean, it was, it was, a, it, one, it was long, but two, it was just like, oh God, it was just rough. So the Sounders had, I mean, they had 21 shots, three on goal. They had 15 corner kicks and they scored zero goals through those 120 minutes of play. They did have though, they did have the ball. I mean, the, the majority it was over sixty percent of the time. It was yeah, almost two thirds of the time. It was it was their ball. But a real Salt Lake had zero shots on um, through those hundred twenty minutes. I mean, we were doing. And then, so then they get to the PKs, much. and you know, through the first five shots, both teams scored all five. Yes. Now, one of those goals didn't mm. like. Um, it didn't count at first. Fry had blocked. He had blocked it. But the yeah. issue is that that for real uh, Salt Lake got to retake the kick because apparently Fry, the goalie, came out for the Sounders. He oh, yeah. stepped out and over the line too early before mm -hmm. the kicker actually touched the ball. And that's not something that 
you're allowed to do, even if it's like a foot I over mean, the line. Real Salt, Real Salt Lake got real lucky, if you ask me, on that one because um, it was they had. Sorry, good that was one. You got the best. That, fun. Yeah. I don't know. I try. Um, oh jeez. <laughs> but that was like you you see him miss it, and you're like yes, you know. But then it gets called, and you're like no. And so mm -hmm. then on that sixth, it was the sixth. And they had kick, to go. Yeah. Right? They did the sixth so kick. When you get past the five, it's the best of five kicks, right? Mm -hmm. Per team. With. And there's a different kicker per per PK. Mm -hmm. So it's you're not picking your best, you know, yeah. PK shooter for PK is penalty kick. And for those yeah. of you that may not know soccer lingo. So if it gets to where both teams score five, then it's basically like next next point i mean next kick as long like wins if the other team misses, misses one yeah so that it's not another best out of five it's just no. like okay so if you miss one and then whoever we, misses one first and loses. then we missed the sixth one we missed we well we didn't block we missed the sixth one yes yeah. and then we and then failed to block we the failed to block kick. the other kick from so that was a that was it was a that was a was rough sad. one it was so and there's a those, lot of those guys played so hard and honestly looking at the stats of the game you it's like you, would, you don't want anybody else to win but the sounders i mean they're our home team and everything but there's just a lot of questions going played. around that says you know well like that's a really like ridiculous way for a team to win like they didn't deserve to win they yeah. didn't even have a shot on goal in 120 minutes yeah and i know it's frustrating but you know i go back to the thing of number one even if the rules are dumb we all have sports where we feel like that sure but that that's this has been a rule in soccer for a long time. Yeah, well, it's and, not new. And, and be because it's end it. well, because it is a playoff game, you can't, you can't tie. Just tie. Yeah, there has to be some way and to end it. These players are I mean, you see them, they're dripping, they're playing a hundred plus minutes in a game when it goes into overtime. Yeah. I think they were switching out. Some people you, you know, there's not, not as many subs. Not, there's you, not as many, yeah. These guys are conditioned like their endurance, their conditioning. To too. Holy smokes. That is so much. Man, and I used to, I mean, I played soccer, but like back in the day. Yeah. Like like, well, like in elementary school and junior that. high. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll tell you, like it's just I just we had two 30 minute halves, you know. It's just like Yeah. 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 It's, so it's just it was just it was a heartbreaker for sure, especially because you could Well, tell. the sounders were like it, everybody's like the Sounders are going to completely win this game. It was like yeah. no question. They had also lost their last six in mm -hmm. the regular season. Yeah. So I don't know. You know, hopefully next season they come back. You know, better than ever. One would hope. But uh, so that that's what happened with the Sounders this yeah, week. Yeah, that was a rough one. The Seattle Seahawks continue to struggle offensively. Um, mm -hmm. They lost to the Arizona Cardinals last Sunday, 23 to 13. So we're going to discuss uh, that more in depth at the Hawkeye analysis segment. Totally. But I wanted to end the showdown lowdown this week. Sure. On some college football. I mean, it is Northwest. So for those of you who are Husky fans, I apologize so sorry for somewhat because I am a Coug. I went to WSU and... Guess who is bringing home the Apple Cup after eight years? It is time. And for you Husky fans, I understand this might be painful, but you have to understand that this is the first one we've had in a long time. The Huskies have historically dominated the Apple Cup. So when we win, we're going to relish in this, okay? Deal. This is, is a big deal. deal. So, again, I'm sorry, but I'm not. Um, mm -hmm. The Cougars came out dominant in this win over the Huskies, 40 to 13 last night. Yeah. Now they had Sam Heward, who it was his first start. It's his first start for the Huskies. For the Huskies. Yeah. He's part of the, you know, the famous Heward family mm -hmm. of, of athletes, of, of NFL players. And I that what a game to throw. I just I couldn't I, believe that they um that they that they chose to do that. I mean, I get that their get quarterback I, prior to this yeah, game was not the answer. What a, what a pressure filled game to be put into for your well, first and start. And apparently, if your team has been struggling on top, like I just don't feel like it's the most successful position to put a quarterback in. Though yeah. I think people were calling for him to be put in the game too. Sure, like I think people sure. wanted to see him. Of course. So you know, this is the first win that the Cougs have had in Seattle for the Apple Cup since two thousand and seven. 
It's a long and time. I do want to make note, like I, I try to be as fair as possible here. Like I, of course sure. I might be biased because I graduated from one school, sure. but both teams have really navigated a year of adversity. They both lost their head coach, their head coaches mid season. The Cougs lost more than just their head coach. And you know, in this circumstance, um, the Cougars remained resilient and they were motivated to finish strong. They really came together as a team and a unit. Mm-hmm. And now they're bowl eligible this season, yep. which is a big deal. It is for teams is. to be bowl eligible. Yep. And so I don't know how things are going right now. Oh, never mind. It was, Kate. A, it, was it was a slip. So yeah, the the Oregon State and uh University, University of Oregon. Oregon game that's going on. It's going on as we're recording this. It's almost the end of the second quarter. Um and Right now, uh, oh. OSU is three and Oregon University of Oregon has 17. 17. So um, so it's looking rough at halftime, but you never know. You Look, never so know. If, if WSU wants to win the Pac-12 North, they need the Beavers to win out over the Ducks. The likelihood that's, that's going to happen is very, very low. Never say never. They're still never playing the game. But either way, I'm really proud of the Cougs this season. The Huskies... I'm just going to say, you know, even though there's a rival, like a rivalry there, mm-hmm. hang in there through the loss and the struggle. Hopefully at some point will come, you know, victory and success. And, and your teams in the past have been very successful on the football side of things. And, you know, I have no doubt that, you know, the team's yeah. going to bounce back. Mm-hmm. So I know we know how it feels to lose, but that's why we're relishing in this win so much. Four. Sure. All right. Yes, indeed. So, uh, congrats to the Cougs and uh, let's go Cougs. Let's talk about our uh, Pacific Northwest Player of the Week. Um, we had we had some great plays this week, but we're gonna have to give it to the Seattle Kraken's goalie, Philip Grubauer. Yeah, he has been an amazing goaltender. Um, when they played against the Washington Capitals, uh, he saved. 37 out of 39 shots on goal and against the Carolina hurricanes, he only allowed one goal. He saved 35 out of 36 Mm -hmm. shots attempted. And so these teams, as mentioned earlier, they have great winning records and it wasn't expected to come away with the wins. Um, either a huge or either of these teams, a huge thing toward like Gru did a great job goaltending these games where these teams are highly successful, right? Like, I think one of his, I I think for one of those two games, his his save percentage was like 0.972 or something like ridiculous. So great, yeah. Um, so yeah, he's he's doing great and really helping out with getting those wins for the Kraken. I mean, it's this week, it's offense, in particular. but it's also defense, right? For sports. So. Well, and I feel like often, like, you know, we'll highlight people who are scoring and doing, you know, mm-hmm. a great job. But we also, when you're talking about defense and, yep. and goaltending and that sort of thing, like they need a lot of love too. True. So it's not all about scoring because you need to prevent the scores as well. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. All right. That is your Pacific Northwest player of the week. Coming up next is the Hawkeye analysis. All right, it is time for the Hawkeye analysis segment where we break down the Seahawks game each week. Yes. Kate, who did we play on Sunday? So for week 10, we played the Arizona Cardinals Mm -hmm. and we unfortunately did not win. I don't want to say lost. I'm just going to say did not win. (laughs) We did not Um, win. We did not win. And it was, uh, we scored 13 (laughs) and they scored 23. So, um, and here's... Here's what I'm a little salty about. Sure. Is that Kyler Murray was not even playing in this game. I know. It was Colt freaking McCoy, who yeah. apparently is our like. It's like a nemesis or something. Yes. Some sort of like. Colt uh, McCoy, for those of you yeah. who might not be. He's a backup quarterback, but he played on the Giants last year. And he came into our house at Lumen Field and beat us when we were totally expected to just dominate the Giants. They came in and one sure and it was colt mccoy and we're all like colt freaking mccoy beat us then he comes in and he does it again well it was russell coming off of like injury and first game back nope second 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 game back he played against green bay that's right i for 
I tried to block out that Green Bay game. <laughs> the goose egg. I yeah. think I tried to like not remember that one, but yes, you're right. Okay. So not his first game back. Second game back. Um, mm-hmm. you know, gonna warm it up yep. maybe a little bit. Um so he hasn't scored a touchdown in a hot minute. He, Russell Wilson hasn't passed for a touchdown. He didn't pass for a touchdown in this game. Yes, it was not it was not a pass for so, a I saw him make better throws. I did see him make better throws in terms of accuracy in this game than he did against Green Bay. However, I'm still seeing Russell Wilson struggle with his reads and Fair. finding his open like players or targets in the end zone. Yeah. And so I don't know. I think that he's still I think he's struggling now more that he's coming back. I think that it's almost he's not as calm back there. I feel like he can't make his reads. I feel like he might be a little bit more like uh, yes. And you know, you would want to come back from an injury like that with a really solid offensive line who could really protect you and, and give of course, you time. And we just don't we don't have that. So he's already maybe. I mean, I'm not inside his brain. I don't know things, but he's maybe already kind of like having potential issues with coming back and just getting his his mindset right or his, his head confidence game or his confidence. And then also to have that, but then also have to be worried about getting sacked and hit a lot. And he got hit hard a couple times. Oh yeah. In he's that been game, getting hit. you know? Um, so he's not being babied through the last couple games by any no. means. He's playing football. Yes. And he's getting hit. He's getting sacked. And yes, you know, the one thing I want to make note, I want to highlight. And I, I highlighted this on Twitter is something I noticed between his demeanor in last week's presser and this week's presser. Mm-hmm. And what I noticed actually is, is last week, I re- do you remember me talking about how he just seemed low? Like yes. how he just seemed Yes, off. and he did. He His did. energy level seemed low. Yes. This week, and, and, and I shared a video. Um, he was smiling. He seemed more upbeat. He had more energy. Mm-hmm. It was a Russell Wilson that I'm like, there's a confidence there. And yes. I'm like, we're going to win this like, week. He's, he's back. It's like, what it felt I, like, I felt like his mindset has shifted. Mm-hmm. And so I'm optimistic. Absolutely. Not even cautiously optimistic. I'm just optimistic. I believe mm-hmm. that he's going to get the job done. Yes. And more than anything, I'm going to say, hey, not only does it require confidence in himself to mm-hmm. do what he needs to mm-hmm. do to not feel the pressure, everybody needs to step up. People need to catch those easy throws underneath that yes. they need to convert for those third downs. Mm-hmm. Everybody, the whole line needs to be better protecting Wilson to give him more time. Yes. Um, Everybody needs to do their part, but I noticed this, sh- this mental, what looked like mental shift in an energy in Wilson in this week's presser compared to the last two weeks. So I'm yeah. hopeful, hoping for the best, be, be focusing on better. Monday because they play the Monday night football this week, Washington football yes. team on Monday night at yes. five 15. So for those of you who are Hawks fans, we have to wait till Monday night, but sometimes I like, and I like being able to like watch on Monday nights, mm-hmm. it gives me something to look forward to after work. I I agree with that, and I think sometimes on Sunday, depending on what time they play, if it's like a later game, you've been watching football all day, and then it's like, and then you have to get ready for work, and it's just I don't know. I mean, again, I'm learning sports, but it's hard sometimes to be watching it that all can be day long for me at this point. So, um. So, Kate so saying, nice. Kate saying, I'm learning sports can be an additional drinking game. If people would like to add that to their list of I what mean, Kate we says, we want people to live through listening to the podcast. <laughs> it's not a very long podcast for how many times they might have to like. It's true. Oh, see, a, that's mine. I say it's true. Maybe I say just that like a time. sip and not a shot, if you want to make it, you know, or like you know, like a truly or something, something yeah, that's even like still, yeah. Like a shot of truly. So one thing I did see um, at the very beginning of the game, Rashad Penny had this amazing run, but he then I think I only saw did. him like like once or twice after that run, mm-hmm. and it's because he got injured again. Mm-hmm. And as much as we see these great so flashes great of healthy, but he's never healthy. Like he's literally healthy for a play. It's he's literally it's, healthy for like a play or two. Yeah, it's it's hard. It's hard because. Because he's when he is on it, he's on it for a play. 
I know, but as I'm saying, when he I is, know, he is. But so you could just, it's like the potential, I mean, you know what I mean? The potential, but you can't hold potential. on. So this is what I was thinking about earlier, actually, as I was, was walking around the house thinking about football and life. That's I good. was thinking and about Rashad Penny. I was thinking about how, although potential might exist, there's going to be players that at any moment can make an amazing, incredible catch, a play, a pass defense, a sack, a pass, whatever it is there are always going to be players that can do something incredible at any given moment. Mm -hmm. The most important part to that though is potential might exist, but does consistency. Consistency is very Consistency important. is what makes people great and what makes them worthy of having playing time on the field. True. And if you can't stay on the field to be consistent with your potential, then I think you have to move on. That's a tricky, that is definitely a tricky situation because I think we do like to hold out hope for those players that are so good and that like have good moments and all of that. But it is, it's a very physical game and very easily prone to injury, I would imagine. Um, for just, I can't, I honestly can't believe more people aren't injured more often. Watching some they of these play games. injured most of the time. Yeah, just these players aren't like none of them none of are them, playing yeah. without some sort of injury yes. or bothered whatever. It's just yeah, how aggravated is it at that point in time, and what kind of physical therapy or you know just different treatments treatments are they going through sure. to make it bearable during game day? So that's important to note too. Mm -hmm. So. Again, so Rashad Penny's out there. You know who is a great... Alex Collins is consistently great. I've been, I've been really... He had a couple runs. He tore off for 10, 10, yeah. 10 plus yards. Yeah. DJ Dallas had a rushing touchdown. He had our one touchdown he did. in the game. He also had like a run for like, I think it was like 20 yards. He almost got to the end zone and then they let him pound it in. Yes. After that. Yeah. Lockett had a few huge gains again. Him and Russell's connection... Lockett's ability to get downfield, that's always been consistent through their time together. And yeah, it seemed better. It I did seem this week. It did seem better. Week, yeah. And then DK Metcalf. I have a bone <sighs> to pick with these refs because yeah, this is the one time, y'all, that I like swore or cussed or whatever, Chris and Steve, however you want me to explain what I did on my tweet. Um she said on bad, Twitter, she said bad word. I said a bad word. Okay, I said a bad word about this because I was angry about the calls that the refs made about what the a defensive pass interference was when it was happening in the end zone. DK Metcalf's entire arm was being like held down as he's trying to go up with yes. one arm to catch it the was ball. So clear in the video in the end zone, and of course he didn't get both feet in as he made the catch with the one hand which is why it wasn't a touchdown but they also didn't throw the flag when his entire other arm was being held down he couldn't even go up with two hands to go get it and to try to tap his feet in sure. because he had to go up with one oh. hand mm -hmm. so i was pretty bitter about that because then here you know here's jamal adams at the very end of the game it's yeah. like 16 to 13 there's just over two minutes left that was just, and then he yeah. gets called for a, a pass interference in the end zone, which yes, I could argue, like I could see where that was a pass interference. However, but compared that, to, it was so obvious with DK. That's what frustrated me. It was so obvious. Like be consistent in what you're calling. I, I'm for, I mean, you know, I love DK and I, I, I thought he, he looked more calm and level headed a little bit this last he week, did. which I felt like was exactly what he should be doing. But again, you know, he's not able to get the targets that he could, you know, possibly get because of all the coverage and everything. And and I get that. So to see that play and have him not have that penalty called, I was just so frustrated because it was like, once again, this guy is like, I don't know. I feel like I just want, I want him to have more. I mean, he needs to catch the ball because there's a couple times here and there where like over the season where it's like, oh, you should have had that one. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah. But I just, I wish he could have more targets. I wish he could have more opportunities, you know, but he's a really good player and other teams know that. And they, that, that cornerback got lucky. He did. And 
you know, what I've noticed in the last few games is a little bit more of the tight end involvement, which yes. I, I'm loving. Yes. Everett, he's hand down, he's hands down showing exactly why you need to be passing and utilizing your tight ends in this game. Yes. With the Seahawks. Yes. His physicality, his ability to run after he's, the catch. Yeah. He's oh great. my gosh. They try to tackle him and he's just not going down. He's like, you got yeah. my ankle. Cool. Let me just slip right out of that and I, just go for a couple I, more yards. And you have like four guys that just try to tackle him and you just, you know, he goes mm -hmm. down, but incredible incredible run after catchability with yeah. gerald everett yeah and so i don't i'm not a huge fan with him necessarily on the sweeps or those screens but if you get him coming over you know and getting him at least up the field a couple yards throwing it to him and then he can do what he needs to do after that only because we're not the best at blocking on those screen opportunities and all of that screens at this point are, screens are a little hard screens are difficult for the seahawks there was also that miscue on offense where Wilson tossed it to Collins, and we think that Collins expected it to be like handed off instead of tossed. Like tossed. Yeah. Ended up being a fumble, like a huge loss of down. Yes. Russell did recover it, but it's those moments where we had decent field position, but then you know he tosses it backwards, and Collins isn't where he expects him to be, and then we're back behind the fifty yard line. Yes. So those moments where they could be game-changing in terms of point opportunities. We were lucky because um, on the special team side of things for the Cardinals, Matt Prater actually missed two of his field goal kicks. Yes. Plus an extra point. Yes. So this game could have actually been A even... much higher scoring diff difference. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, you know, moving to the defensive side of the, th of the ball, oh, yeah. um, we were down, not, not at the start of the game, but even just within the first quarter, we were down two of our starting cornerbacks. So uh, Reed was out. DJ Reed was out at the beginning of the game. He was inactive due to an injury. Sure. And then the rookie, Trey Brown, who I've been super high on. Who's been doing great lately. He went down with a season-ending injury. So he's already had surgery, I believe it was on his patellar tendon mm -hmm. that they needed to repair. Yeah, that knee. It was really sad. And he's had some knee issues in the past. They say, you know, I think seven to eight months on the recovery time for that. So really hoping that he'll be back in time for the start of next that season. That would be great. That would be great. Him I'm and sure DJ Reed on the size were doing a really good job. I think True. that uh, I, I do think that Sidney Jones has been doing a decent job there on the left side to fill in for him when they have him in the in the game as well. He almost yeah. had that interception, which they he, called back. Yeah. And lots of people actually have legit questions. It hit the ground, but apparently there's some sort of rule that exists that when sure. it's being intercepted that way for the defense and what it can do in terms of touching the ground and having it secured if it moves or I don't know, something like that. I mean, so Pete be, wasn't very happy. There's about gotta that be call. rules for things, but some of these things are so obscure. It's like, it's like you could be making it up right now and not many people would know, like, you know, so it, that, some of those things, I don't know. They gotta, they gotta rule it one way or the other, I guess. Yeah. And then, you know, so down two of our cornerbacks, which is a big deal because yes. it was already hard to secure Yes. those spots as it was yes at the start of the season and once they did i felt like our defense did a lot better yeah, that yeah um, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. people almost got to take a whole shot i i, I stopped myself you did i sure did zach Ertz had one heck of a game off of us which Ugh. was frustrating because they Ertz. just got him from the eagles a season and a trade and my goodness he had like two touchdowns on us like before halftime he yes. was just he was he was a, he was he a just, great target he underneath. A, he had a he had a solid game. Colt McCoy was passing all over us underneath and they were just getting all these yards after the catch on us. Yeah. Like that's what I wish our game could do because yes. we know that Russell Wilson can throw it downfield. Mm -hmm. And but we don't leverage the underneath stuff where we're gaining 5 or 6 yards per mm -hmm. pass opportunity or pass attempt. When I feel like that's a really successful way to not only maintain possession of the ball longer, other than just running the ball. Sure. So draining the clock, but also getting the first downs, especially when it's third and four, third and five. Yeah, they're short. You don't need to try to long bomb it every time to get those yards. No. So... I give kudos, as frustrating as it is, to the teams that have really figured out how to successfully 
run those offenses mm-hmm. to do those shorter gains, but to convert more often. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Adams had a great read on a screenplay by Arizona, which was great to see because it was almost a safe. I was just like, is that a safety? But it was was on the one yard line, maybe even inches, you know, away from um, the end zone. But it was great to see Adams, his speed. He had some great. He He has good closing speed. He had some great plays in that game. 100%. And uh, then you see, you know, Pete Carroll challenging the stop on fourth down that we had had but it wasn't really a stop because he did get a first down. And Pete is notorious for throwing the challenge flag Mm -hmm. on plays where it's obvious that they're not going to get overturned. Yeah. He's like notorious for it. And the unfortunate part about that is number one, you only have so many challenges up the challenge. Number two, if you lose the challenge, you lose a timeout. timeout. Come on, Pete, which you need, you need those timeouts. You need them when you're down for sure. Mm -hmm. The other thing so the couple other things we had a bunch of missed tackles in this game, a bunch. Just, yes. And Just missed tackles for loss that we had. We had two missed sacks that converted first, first down. They had their arms like wrapped around him and he escaped. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, who are you? Russell Wilson. Did somebody, is this freaky Friday? Did you guys switch places here? Maybe that's what happened. Maybe, maybe you just saw somebody it. go get Colt, <laughs> Colt McCoy, Russell Wilson. That, they fixed it. That's why Russell's back this week. That's why ah, in his presser, he seemed okay. more like himself was because they got the they got the, the freaky curse Friday. The curse reverse. They got the curse reverse. All right, yeah, that's you know? so that's a thing, and a big pet peeve of mine. Oh, oh my gosh! When you tackle, if you're on the defense and you're Can pushing we? somebody forward, you're moving them towards the first down line or towards the end zone line. Can we stop pushing them for gains? Yeah. Can we stop tackling? The other way. And I get that sometimes, gosh, that might be the only way you can get them. But many times I'm like, don't push them, pull them. Helping them. Don't stop help helping. Them. Uh, and, you know, in an instance with uh, Zach Ertz. Yes. He didn't get, he almost had a third touchdown. Yes. Um, <sighs> they they were trying to tackle him. And of course, you know, sometimes there's players that are like, especially tight ends. They're hard to take down. Mm-hmm. There's like four or five guys. And I swear they were like acting like their offensive lineman, pushing him forward, trying to strip the ball or whatever. He gained another six or seven yards on that yeah, play for them. Push, just trying push them, pull them down, like, or pull them down, pull, push them, pull forward. them away from where they're trying to go. That Don't what, like yeah. support them in moving forward. Yes. So if you're trying to, unless they're your friend in life and it's some, <laughs> It's not on the football so field. Some sort of charity event. Or yeah, something, like maybe. encouraged. So not so, on the field. So tips from the Pacific Northwest Showdown is: um, don't push people forward when you're tackling them, and also stop running so far backwards to throw the ball. So basically, keep it more towards you know the middle, like where it should be, or move it forward when it's your turn. I don't know. I just it's these kinds of things that they just they drive us crazy when we're watching sports. Like yours is this. Is this part and mine yeah. is the the running, dropping back too running far too far backwards to throw the ball? Like, yeah, stop doing that. Mm-hmm. I'm not in charge, as it turns out. Special teams: Michael Dixon with another great punt within the ten yard line. He's just he's a pro ball. Mm-hmm. He's a pro bowl kicker, punter. Yes. I should say, not a kicker. He's a punter. Jason Myers had two field goals, so he came in doing his job. Yeah, did great. Of course, it didn't help us with the win this time because we didn't get enough touchdowns, but he did what he was meant to do. Made it less of a a widespread of score. Yeah. And so that's kind of the rundown of the Hawks. I'm excited to turn it over to Kate. Oh, it's time for Kate's Corner. Here we go. So, um, yeah, to me, in my corner. um, With it having just been Thanksgiving here, um, I was thinking about how holidays and sports just seem to go hand in hand for a lot Mm -hmm. of fans. Mm -hmm. And for Thanksgiving, it's always football. Well, at least since 1876, when the first football game was played on Thanksgiving, pretty much because it was a day people had off from work was why they decided to do it then. Yeah. And um, for the NFL, the first Thanksgiving game was in 1934 with the Detroit Lions and the Chicago Bears. Mm -hmm. And the Lions have played 
on Thanksgiving at home ever since, except like during 1939 to 1944, because it was World War II. So yeah, not playing that. Historically, yeah. Um, And then the Cowboys have also played on Thanksgiving at home pretty much every year since 1966. I think it was like maybe two years in the 70s they didn't when they were trying to test it out with the Cardinals. And then it actually didn't They're like, this isn't... St. Louis, it didn't go very well for Thanksgiving there, football, I guess, for some reason. So they're like, okay, we'll just bring it back to the Cowboys. So um, so then it's, it's been the Cowboys, except for like those two years and then in 2006 the nfl added a third game with no specific teams assigned to it so it's just kind of random Mm -hmm. who plays that one it's like the i think that's the more nighttime Mm -hmm. of the three and then um but there's only one team in the current nfl like lineup who's never played on thanksgiving do you know who it is i do not you do not well if you had said the Jacksonville Jaguars, then you would have been correct. So if it was inside the your Jags. heart, the Jags have never played on Thanksgiving. But um, but the Seahawks, they have played on Thanksgiving. They before. have. They've played four times, yep. only four times in our franchise history. They've played 1980, 1986, 2008, and 2014. Which and was a so fun one to watch. You may recall, I do recall that victory over the 49ers in 2014 that was really uh celebrated mm-hmm. with russell wilson and richard sherman eating those turkey legs oh, yeah. midfield on the 49ers logo it's such and an iconic like, photo that was like that was their like new stadium then too wasn't it Levi's the Niners? Stadium. like it was like the redone or it was something it was Must newer have been. and yeah. so it was kind of even a bigger like we're insult in, to injury I, it sort of really thing. is so you know what so a feel-good moment that was that was pretty fun so the turkey leg thing goes back it's like a john madden something with turkey legs okay. i think um Anyway, but so so Thanksgiving and football goes together. And, you know, coming up this holiday season, you also have on Christmas, it's like basketball all day. Mm-hmm. And then there's, you know, college bowl games and all the things. And New Year's has stuff. So, so you know, keep, stay tuned. Maybe the day I'll, after maybe I'll Christmas. Oh, yeah, Boxing Day. We'll boxing play. Day for our Canadian friends. Um, Yeah, they play them. That's true. They do. They, the, the Bears, I want to say. Look so. at you knowing all the things. I have my oh, moments. my goodness. I have my moments. Well, thank you for tuning in to Kate's Corner. This is one of our favorite segments, the mailbag segment, where we get to answer your questions. This week, we have two questions in our mailbag segment. And to start us off is Steve-O, but not from Jackass, everybody. Not that one. (laughs) Not that Steve-O, but he is a good friend here on Twitter. Love talking with Steve um, going back and forth. This is not Steve Fisher either, by the way. Um, so there's multiple steves in the world there is you didn't know there is so steve-o's question from twitter is do you move forward with russ or pete or neither for next year now this has been a debate that's been going back and forth between a lot of fans a lot of analysts i can imagine coaches all of that stuff and it can be a controversial topic. So People have big feelings. Thank you for asking this. because now I'm sure I'm going to get added at about whatever I'm about to say. Maybe. Here's my personal feelings. I know that the dynamic between Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll in the last 10 seasons that they've been together outside of this year last year apparently like leading to the end there might have been some feelings there that's all based off of reports but let's just let's just keep it to the fact that the Seahawks have gone to the playoffs nine out of ten years that Russell Wilson has has led this team alongside Pete Carroll Mm -hmm. that's not common in the NFL to be that consistently going to the playoffs now a lot of people also argue that like well okay but in the last four or five years they're not making a pass of round one of the playoffs also true so to what caliber caliber of expectations are we holding this quarterback this team these coach the coaching staff to say okay well the success ends here what needs to change mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know we talk about john schneider as the gm and how are we spending our draft picks who are we spending our draft picks on are we trading those draft picks who are we acquiring how much money are we spending on all the players that make up our team sure there's a lot of nuanced aspects to who's making those decisions really truly behind the scenes what's actually happening behind the scenes in regards to relationships, yes, what's being reported in media. So this is my answer. Just this is without knowing a lot. 
right? Because there's a lot of things, even that's, and you know, way more than I do, even that's been reported out there. I would argue that there's still so much that we actually don't know. But I would like to see a change in the head coaching position. Do I think that Pete Carroll was really great for this team for those four, first four or five years when we went to the Super Bowl? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Is it because he was a newer coach in the league? And gr granted, he had coached in the NFL prior mm -hmm. to being mm -hmm. a college head coach at USC. Yeah. But people talk about how great he is with the culture in a, in a locker room on mm -hmm. a team, um, especially at a college level, strictly because those players are rotating every, you know, three or four years. Mm -hmm. So your message and what you're sharing and the culture you're building, it's it doesn't sound the same to the players that are consistently on that team. Yes, that's a good point. So it's always something new for those younger guys that are coming into a college system. Mm -hmm. You're going to find a lot of success. Now he can't, he comes into the Seahawks that first year he was coaching, he struggled. Here comes Russell Wilson. Sure. And then they've been in the playoffs the last nine of 10 years. Yeah. I do think though that I would love to see a younger head coach. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, Sean McVay style, like with a Russell Wilson. Okay. Okay. I want to see more creativity and I get that they're quote trying to do this with Shane Waldron, but I'm wondering, like there's been three offensive um, coordinator changes in the recent past. Yes. What, so what hasn't been changed? I guess I should say, you know, is it, is it Russell Wilson? Is it, Pete Carroll. I just want to see what Russell Wilson could do with a different head coach. It would be interesting for sure. Um, and, you know, for me, I know uh, less about all of these things uh, because I'm learning sports. There you go. Take another sip. Um, but <laughs> Michaela's eyes right now. Um, but I think overall, I, you know, the way I've, the way I was watching these last couple of Seahawks games with Russ coming back, I know in this last game, I said more than once, you know, if Russ wanted to leave, he's not really selling himself well to be able to go and get better somewhere but else. But people know his I ability. Know, and I hear you on that. I don't necessarily think I want him to leave at this point either. Um, but I'm just saying like, you've got to step it up. Right. Like, and he's coming off of an injury and all these things. I'm not disagreeing. I'm not trying to say, we I want to see, here's what I want to see more than anything. What more than anything. Just if you leave Pete Carroll there, you leave Russell Wilson there. Let's say they were both still there. Just give him a whole entire invest all of your money in this offensive line. And let's see what happens. Sure. Sure. I want to see Russell Wilson with one of the best offensive lines and see what happens. That could be a that could be a great test. I mean, they were putting out something earlier this week about how uh, Russell and Pete's relationship has never been stronger or better or whatever. And there was and a again, lot of there was a lot of like feedback on that. It sounded like from people like, "Why are you like saying this? It's not true." And, well, like, whatever, whatever. and but here's the thing: people like to think that they know what's going on, which is why I'm sitting here like we don't necessarily no. actually ever know what's going on. Like yeah. things can be reported here or there. Then it comes out that those reports were wrong and it's actually sure. this or it's actually that. Sure. So I try to take a lot of things with a grain of salt. Now, do I share a report or share whatever things that come out? Yes. But again, it's so hard for me to say what's actually been happening behind closed doors with this organization because they're a more private organization about yes. what does happen behind closed doors, which could honestly actually lead them to be as successful as they have been in the past is that, Hey, we, if there's something going on, we work on it behind closed doors. It doesn't need to be out there for the press to go crazy yeah. with. It's none of their yeah. business. We're not going to feed into it. Yeah. We're just going to let things mill around and people will say what they're going to say. And we're just going to focus on what we do best. Sure. This year has obviously been a year of struggle for this team in a lot of different ways. I, I want to see a new, I want Ken Norton gone. I get that the defense has improved, but it, it, is this going to be a similar issue year in and year out? We can't have the same consistent issue. Consistency piece. Mm -hmm. it, there has to be consistency mm -hmm. from our coaching staff. 
to our player personnel. They can't be having these, you know, oh, well, they're going to have a competition, but you're mid-season, like for your centers. Like, oh, yeah, he's back in the competition. Or you're five games in and you're still trying to figure out your cornerback situation. Well, they're competing for who's going to get the starting role. you got to figure that stuff out sooner. Because if you're – if you don't have consistent players on the field, they're never going to get into that like unison, mm-hmm. cohesive team where you're you're going to know where that player is going to be. There's the rhythm. So, you don't have for the instance, rhythm. I'm sure a lot of us, some capacity, have played sports, or you've been on a team, or sure. a debate, or whatever it is. Once you know somebody really well, you typically know number one how they're going to respond in a circumstance or a situation, and where they're going to be for that situation mm-hmm. and circumstance. It's not just about well this play was called and this was what the other team was showing. So this is what they would do every time. Different players are going to read things differently. And if you know that individual players personal, how, how they're going to manage that situation, it allows you then to better manage your own. Yes. The only way you can get that on Mm -hmm. a field and be a cohesive unit on a field Mm -hmm. is to be consistent with your personnel that's out there. Yes. It's hard when number one injuries happen, they do. So that's going to shift and change as the season goes on. Cause injuries, no matter what are going to happen. And then you're going to sub people in and out as you need to on the field. So not every play is going to be your entire unit on the field, every given play. Sure. In certain mm-hmm. sports. Mm-hmm. Anyways, Steve, this has been a long winded version of got totally off topic from the question. No, I mean, I think it's still, I think it's still connected to the question because basically we need consistency. What we need, right? And we need and consistency in um, even just, I don't know. I would say let's move on from Pete. Keep Russ. I I have all the faith in the world in Russ. I get that he's struggling lately. I can see where he needs to get better. I'm not saying that he is perfect. And every player at different points in their careers have ups and downs. Everybody's things to work on. And I think that he will get better and more confident. Get him a freaking O-line, though. Like, I get that they, you know, they brought in um, Gabe Jackson. Mm -hmm. But they didn't, they should have drafted a center. And I'm so bitter that they didn't get Creed Humphrey. Well, yeah, that would have been pretty nice. (sighs) And now the Chiefs have him. That's what I'm even more salty about. The Chiefs. So they're setting themselves up to be successful in the ways that they can be, although they've also struggled a bit this season. True. More than people would have expected, I should say. Probably. So, yeah, that's my answer. I would say it's time to move on from Pete, and let's stick it out with Russ. All right. For our next question, it's from Rick Judd 21 And I like this question. It says, what gets you most excited about the next few years in Seattle sports? Oh, gosh, I'm so excited to go watch the Seattle Storm since we have those season tickets that we're looking forward to for the 2022 season. I know that we're excited to go support the Seattle Seawolves rugby team and kind of like get to learn that sport more often. We've interacted quite a bit on Twitter with the Seawolves and just kind of getting us amped up about it. We Mm want to get other people amped up about the sports we have and the options we have here in Seattle. I think one of the things for me is that, you know, prior to this season, I didn't, I hadn't really attended a ton of professional Mm -hmm. sporting events. I mean, I attended some, a lot of it was like a while ago. Um, And so like different stadiums even, you know, kind of thing. So, um, so it's been really fun to go and do these things. And I think that um, that experience of seeing sports live and in person, even though sometimes I think I could see it better like on TV Mm -hmm. um, or know it was happening more if I was watching it on TV just that experience of being there and seeing um, the players kind of in some cases up close and kind of getting that energy from the crowd. And of course I love snacks. So that's always great. Um, I think that's the kind of thing I'm excited about is trying to see more live sports. Mm -hmm. And I feel like for people who have known me for a long time, that is a really weird thing for me to say out loud. So, um, but it's, it's fun. There's that kind of camaraderie and, you know, sometimes the bandwagon sort of thing where you just jump on now, but um, look here, here's the, here's the reality. There's going to be a point where we all become a fan of a team. Mm-hmm. It's, are you willing to stick with that team when they struggle? 
yes. bandwagoners decide to bail yes. once the yes. team's no longer successful. Yes. I will like any t anybody that wants to come on and support a team at any given time. I'm all for it. I don't care if you've been a fan for 30 years or if you've been a fan for a day. Mm -hmm. If you want to root on a team that I'm wanting to cheer on and be supportive of, I'm all for it because guess what? The more people we have in our corner, the more people you have cheering on a team, the better. But if you're going to be, you know, <laughs> someone just there to like, tear them down when they struggle. Yeah. I mean, there's a difference I think between like analyzing and then just like ripping and shredding yes, apart I would and just being I would completely agree ruthless. With you on that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So the, I mean, I'm looking forward to the growth of the Kraken and to see how they develop in the upcoming years. Yes. I am excited for the Mariners and the prospects that they have and and kind of, you know, how they're going to propel themselves forward this next upcoming season after mm -hmm. they ended on a really, you know, it was a difficult note, but it was also a high note. The amount of Seattle fans that came out to support them on that playoff push. I mean, that was amazing. For the wild card race. That, like, that's what, that's what makes this city so special, mm -hmm. right? Is our Seattle sports fans and the amount of people that are willing to come out. But they need that consistency, right? They need that consistency from us, just as we're asking for them to consistently win. Yes. They need us they need to support. be consistent. Yeah. And that I can't tell you, being a former athlete, how exciting and fun it was to play in front of a crowd that was super hyped up to watch you play. Mm -hmm. Like, you might have your down games. You're not going to win every single one of them. Sure. But to have people that are there cheering you on and being excited when you score. Yeah. Like, it it pumps you up. It makes you feel happy and excited mm -hmm. and focused. And it's not it's not pressure. It's it's weird. It's a different sort It's of a different energy. Yes. Taking it back to my theater days, I totally understand from when you're playing to a packed house versus a not very full house yes. you know it is a very different energy that you get mm -hmm. going into that about like okay like i got you know I i'm on it. it i'm doing it you know or just like all right well the five of them are gonna get a good show like you know <laughs> so um so yeah being there for being there for teams that we love and support and um you can't be there for every single game all the time but you know if you can get out there to some of those games it's around a good the town experience and, too it's fun know, memories it is it is fun experiences over objects or right like that yeah whole that's what i like people are doing now they're trying to do more experiences versus just like tangible gifts that take up room on your shelves and you have to like give away later on because you don't yeah. have space so yeah kate's experienced that with having me in her life <sighs> but in all good ways babe all good ways well thank you yeah all right. Well, that closes out our mailbag segment yeah, this thanks, week. Rick Thank Judge you for those thanks, questions. And this takes us to our closing podcast remarks. Uh, thank you for listening to the Pacific Northwest Showdown each week. For those of you that have been consistent listeners, we talk about consistency is really helpful and feeling mm -hmm. supported. And mm -hmm. for those of you who are just starting to listen, we welcome you to listen mm -hmm. again next week. And we really hope you enjoyed listening in to our podcast this week. Absolutely. And don't forget to check us out on social media. You're trying to get them a little extra buzzy pants before they get off this podcast, aren't you? Trying to. Oh, I said it again, didn't yeah, I? Yeah, you did. Oh, I did. I didn't even notice at that time. Um, but still, uh, nonetheless, no matter what word I say that I'm not supposed to, um, check us out on social media uh, at PNW Showdown on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok. Um, there's a Facebook page too for Pacific Northwest mm -hmm. Showdown. And uh, we just, we really appreciate, we appreciate all the comments. We appreciate the shares. We appreciate the likes. We appreciate just, you know, even if you only can listen to like the episodes every once in a while, you know, we, it, it means a lot to us. It's really, it's really great. It really is And I think that's nice. the cool thing is that you can tune in without listening to every episode because we're talking about things that happened, you know, within the Just last that week. week. And although we might sometimes refer back to different episodes when we might talk about something, we'll always try to explain or you know, give you context for what we're talking about. So. Or you can just go and listen to it because they exist. Those they episodes do exist. exist. It's not like you have to DVR them or try to wait till the reruns. They it's... just sit there waiting for you to listen to them. They are there. All right, friends. Remember to always take care of your heart and mind above all else. Until next time.
Okay, so Michaela, you know how for the holidays, everyone always wants to look good. Oh, yeah. So this has mm -hmm. me thinking a lot about hair, right? Because you're always like, always getting your hair done before, like mm -hmm. it's happening, whatever. And so what athlete do you think has amazing hair that's just ready to go for the holidays? I'll let you think about it for a second. I'll tell you who I'm thinking of. So I'm thinking about uh, Megan Rapino mm -hmm. because, yep. I mean, she always has great hair, right? She does. But she recently posted pics of this new, even shorter do in her kind of classic purpley mauve. I sort think of, I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. Color complete with a smiley face on the back. I did see that because she yes. had that for their playoff yes. game. And I just love it. It's like she's keeping that holiday cheer on the front and on the back yeah. of her head. It's just so great. So I loved that shorter look. I loved that whole thing. I was like, this is the kind of hair. That would be ready for the holidays. It's cheery. It's happy. It's just. It's How do you not great. smile if you're looking at the back of somebody's hair and it's smiling at you? I mean, you would have to. Right. Have so to. is there anybody that you think, though, with great holiday hair? Hair ready to go? Uh, you know what? I just I have to give. I am always excited to see what DK Metcalf is going to come out mm -hmm. with each week in terms mm -hmm. of the color. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I'm I'm interested to see if he changes it up for the holidays or if he does anything that has some holiday spirit sure. this year. I think this last week it was back to blonde. I think the blue was gone. Is it blonde or pink? I wanted to say I don't know. Blonde. It might have been blonde. I, I wanted to say it, it was, was blonde because it, it was like he was he took the blue out because yeah. that whole cool headed thing apparently wasn't Didn't working work. for him. <laughs> So that was now he's trying awesome. to see the so light. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. And so, yeah. So who knows? Maybe a new color this week. Maybe you're getting ready for Christmas. Who maybe knows? Some green. Maybe I'll have a different maybe color something. by the holiday season. Oh, that could be fun too. Stay tuned. Ooh.